This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. Now, fortunate enough to be joined by the boss, the GM, the legend, the all-time leading free throw shooter in Arizona high school basketball history, Mr. Paul Bookman. Hello, boss. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, what's I'm glad- up, Mike? How are you doing today? Not too bad. Well, we got a lot to get to this show. We're going to talk some Deion Sanders. We're going to talk some Arizona hoops. Wanted to start, though, with Arizona football. Obviously, the big news that's just come out is that Dorian Singer, the leading receiving uh, receiver yards-wise in the conference, has entered the transfer portal, and he will be leaving uh, Arizona. Um, when you saw this come about and you're a Wildcat fan, you backed the A, what did you think initially? I mean, it's a big loss. Uh, you know, he was, he was obviously, he was a key contributor in the, in the receiving game this year, made some of the most spectacular catches you'll ever see in college football, not even just from a U of A standpoint. Um, and so it, it's a loss. There's no way to sugarcoat it, but you know, listen, I, I think one of the things that, that jet fish and company, um, have up their sleeve is the ability to go out and get um, some high-level talent at the wide receiver position based on the offense that they run. So I'm not too concerned that they'll be able to replace a guy like Singer. Um, it's just, you know, it, it's going to hurt a little bit. It'll hurt probably a little bit more if he decides, and this did happen today. He's gotten two offers already within the Pac-12, uh, right. if not already more by this point. But uh, Utah and ASU are two of the teams that have already offered him. It's going to hurt a little bit if he goes to, to ASU. I'm not going to lie about that. That would be a, that would be a stinger for singer yeah oh wow and especially too because he's a he went to pinnacle high school in phoenix so he's obviously familiar with the lay of the land the one thing i will tell arizona fans though is that yes this is a loss anybody that's saying that it isn't a loss or saying well we didn't really want him well they're kind of full of it i mean this guy you don't just replace guys like that but you know this better than anybody you look at the talent out there Saul. from what it was last year you still got a good chance of bringing jacob cowing back you got t-mac right there as well You've got young guys from that loaded receiving core, and they're hitting the portal. The wide receiver unit, if you were going to take a blow, is the one unit that you could probably get away with it at. Oh, a million percent. I mean, I, I don't think that's a, a up for debate at all. I mean, they were they were loaded. They were loaded there last year. You're not, and you're not even talking about the flexibility of somebody like a a, a speedy Luke or anything like that. You know, a guy that can come out of the backfield. I thought you saw that towards the end of the season with their with their running backs uh, being able to uh, you know spread them out, uh, get them in the in the passing game. So I mean, the versatility as the year wore on, I thought. Uh, lent itself to not having to rely on going four wide every single time. Right. 
And so Dorian, and listen, I think this probably hurts Dorian Singer more than it hurts U of A because listen, you were in a pass happy attack, um, very versatile and schematically uh, the ability to get you open um, within the system. I, I don't know. That's not happening. at issue in year one under uh, Dillingham that and, and Utah is not a pass heavy offense either. Right. So, you got to be careful what you wish for if you're if you're Dorian Singer right now. He's a talented guy. Obviously, he's proven that uh, just being a walk on down at U of A and and really uh, getting through those odds. But you know that's that's the thing with the portal. You know the the portal is a dangerous place to go if you're not one of the top ten uh, players at your position. Um, I think Dorian Singer's probably right there on the fringe of the top ten. Obviously, we haven't seen. Uh, you know, who's totally going to be in the portal, but it's a dangerous game you play if you're not careful. What's your take on the portal? I love the portal. <sighs> you know, listen, you don't I, like the portal. Well, I, it's not that I don't like the portal. I, it's, it's not that at all, but there's a delicate balance here. There's a balance between doing what is right for yourself and being able to make sure you're putting yourself in the position that you think is going to give you the best opportunity to succeed, not only on the field, but off the field, right? There's this, right. there's that portion of it. And if you're lucky enough, the NIL money can, can, can help set you free and, and establish a, a nice, you know, kind of a, a buffer in between the end of your playing career and whatever the next step may be, whether that be uh, a professional football career or a professional area outside of, of, of sports. Um, but there's also the other part of this where, you know, listen, it, as much as you're trying to do it for yourself, are you doing it for the right reasons or right. are you just being faced with a little bit of adversity and you don't want to have to work hard to overcome that adversity, even though the situation that you're in might be the most ideal for you. That's right. where, that's where things kind of go awry for me. And here's a perfect example. And and I hope, uh, you know, you'll 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 in uh, you know in, endeavor me in this, right? Uh, humor me in this. Um, back when I finished my junior year of high school, um, I I did not like the way that my junior season went overall at Marcus Denise High School, and I looked at possibly transferring to Westwood High School. Uh, so I could play with, at the time, my buddy Dion Broom. Dion Broom! Um, yeah, Dion Broom, former U of A Wildcat. Yeah, yes. Ugh, that didn't last long. Um, and so, um, uh, and and I we had talked, and we had talked, and we had talked, and we played a couple tournaments together. I, I really liked the guy at the time. Um, but at the end of the day, I thought, you know what, if I go to Westwood, and it's just me and him trying to carry this whole thing, I don't know if that's the best situation for me. Um, and I opted to stay with the guys that I've been playing for with uh, for the last three years. And lo and behold, obviously, um, you know, we had our best record ever my senior year. And I was happy that I stayed because at the end of the day, the situation that I was in was what was best for me. Even though I wasn't happy about the situation, I was able to step back and look at that. If these kids are able to do that and they're getting the, the right kind of advice, then I'm OK with it. I hit the portal all you want. But listen, we've seen too many times, especially on the basketball side, uh, yeah. we've seen too many guys not really transfer, but opt for the NBA in the, on the basketball side of things. That And they weren't ready to go to the NBA because they were getting a lot of advice and a lot of people that were blowing a lot of smoke up their ass about how good they really were. No, you were a very, very good college player, but you still lack the ability and, and the talent to get to the next level and thrive there. And that's what this is all about. It's, 
thriving at the next level, whatever that looks like for you. And so right. hopefully these these uh, these kids uh, get the right kind of advice and, and, and really take note. Now, Arizona on the defensive side has lost some guys to the portal, obviously. Uh, Keon Bars has entered. Paris Shand has entered. Um, guys at the – or, excuse me, at the uh, defensive line. Um, it looks like Arizona's in good spot to get a guy like a Tyler Manoa, who is a UCLA D-line transfer. Just off – you know, this is one of those things, Saul, where – Jed Fish last year totally overhauled the entire offense. You look at, you bring in JDL, you bring in Cowing, you bring in DJ Williams across the board. This is going to be the year where you're going to overhaul the defense. And, you know, that that's what you got to do. That's what he's been. He got the contract extension, well-deserved, by the way. And that's what he's going to have to, he's going to have to do because the defensive product you saw on the field this past year was just not good enough. No, no it was nowhere near good enough. If, if Had they been... Just you know, a, a notch or two better than they were. You're probably looking at a bowl season. You know, you're you're talking about a bowl game right now, right. but they weren't. And there's a reason why, and it's because they were just they just did not have the dogs up front in the front seven to be able to compete um, with some heavy loaded offensive lines in the Pac-12. And so, right. I, I listen. I would be far more concerned about the transfer portal had Jed Fish not said in his basically his exit interview. Um, that they they expected a lot of movement in the transfer portal again. Um, I, I think if he felt like, no, I think we're pretty good. We're going to add a few pieces here and there, but I think we're pretty solidified. And then saw all this movement, I would be a little bit unnerved for sure. Right. But he anticipated this. He expected this. He knows exactly what, what guys he expected to leave. Um, I don't think there has been really any surprises outside of Dorian Singer for us, but right. internally, I wonder if they were surprised at all. And I, I you know, and, and my hunch is that they probably weren't because it seems like they have a pretty good pulse on on who their players are and what they're all about, and how, you know, if they have those dogs or if they don't, you know. And so, I'm excited to see what the Arizona brand has done this year on the national level with all these other kids that are hitting this transfer portal, looking for an opportunity to contribute to a team that is on the rise right. um, and can be part of that core that really gets them over the hump of not only to a bowl game, but being a little bit more relevant in the Pac-12 or whatever conference this team decides to be in next year. And I got to give a lot of kudos to Dave Hickey and President Robbins for getting Jed Fish locked up here because if you look at the schedule right now for Arizona, it's a lot easier schedule than it was this past year, Saul. So you could be looking at seven or eight wins. And if you get seven or eight wins at Arizona after that 20-game losing streak, schools are going to come calling. So again, they're still going to come calling, but it makes it a lot more difficult when you've got an extension through 2027. What were your thoughts just when you heard that they got Jed Fish that extension? I mean, it's great. It's great. Um, you know, again, you, you want to lock up your coach long term. Jed Fish has said that he's wanted to be here long term. He wanted a program that he could build, build in his in, in kind of his vision. He's doing that right now. Um, I'm actually excited about, uh, you know, the the prospects of the state of Arizona. I think Jed has already made some inroads in in-state recruiting. Mm -hmm. um, I think you bring a guy like Kyle Dillingham to ASU, and I know we don't like to talk about the school. Uh, I say up north, but I'm here up north, so it's a little <laughs> you, different. You're, you live up there, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, so, um, but uh, listen, these, these two guys are really going to try and hit Arizona hard in terms of recruiting, and that's something that's been lacking far too often. I've said it a million times, like, Kids think that going to Oregon or Alabama or Ohio State is the move. And I and while I agree because the ASU and U of A pipeline has not been there and it has not been that, you know, that prevalent, um, they could be the ones that 
change that narrative. No doubt. You know, when you grow up in Ohio, the goal is to get to Ohio State. It's right. not to go to Michigan necessarily. You know what I mean? Right. Same thing with kids in LA. If they get recruited by USC, you're a big dog. Like you, you're, you're going to eat. Like that's that's the thing. Uh, you don't hear kids in South Bend, Indiana talking about, I want to go to ASU or I want to go to U of A, right? Like right. that just doesn't happen. Like that's the thing. And I think here in the state, we got to change that narrative. Like it should be prideful. You should be proud to represent your home, uh, your home state and your home school and and come to U of A or come to ASU and really ball out. That's what this is all about in state. You know what I like about the Dilly hire though is that I see a little bit of Jed Fish in him and that he wants to be there. You can tell how many times, and you live this, Saul, you know, from Rich Rod to Sumlin, you never got the sense these guys really wanted to be yeah. here. They didn't put in the grind that you need. At Arizona at ASU, you need a coach that's going to embrace that grind. And I think both schools right now have that in Fish and Dilly. Oh, a million percent. Oh, right. a million percent. I, I love, I listen, I love what both schools are trying to do. Um, you know, Fish Fish has got his work cut out for him, but he's already proved in, in year one that he was able to handle himself on the recruiting trail. I have no doubt that he's going to be able to leverage a five and seven season and talk about the growth within the program and how close they are to really taking this thing over the edge and being more relevant in the Pac-12 and how kids can come in and help them do that and be a, a vital piece. Listen, legends never die, okay? You can come to U of A and become a legend and be part of the first Rose Bowl team or first, yeah. you know, a CFP Conference team, champion team. Yeah. Conference champion. Like, you can be a part of that. That's legendary. Like, we, we listen, the most revered team in U of A history wasn't the 97 team. It was the 88 team because that's right. the first team that got to the final four. Like, right. you can name that roster up and down. It's the same thing here. Be the first group of kids to take this program to the Rose Bowl or a CFP uh, birth, and you will be forever known in the history of U of A sports. Like, that is legendary. Something that is also legendary is Four Peaks Brewery. Let's talk about this. The official brew of PHNX. You're the big dog. You're the GM. Let's talk a little bit, first of all, about what you're wearing, and second of all, what's going on up in Tempe with, P uh, with Four Peaks? Oh, Four Peaks is doing a tremendous job of really helping us organize some of these events. If you didn't get a chance to come out to these World Cup watch parties, mm -hmm. they were intense. They were crazy. We had 377 people packing the bar, standing wow. room only on Saturday to watch the U.S. get defeated by the Netherlands, unfortunately. But seven game watches for the U.S. and Mexico, was it was an amazing time. Also, they have this really cool Advent um, beer box. It's a, It's their festival beer box which every day you open and there's a new beer um, that, that you can that you can enjoy and partake in. It's fantastic. And there's beers that they don't even have available for purchase or consumption uh, to the general public. They're like some of their private brands, some of their private blends that they've put into these boxes. They're phenomenal. Check it out. I'm wearing the Wow Wheat shirt because, I mean, they gave right. me a free t-shirt. Why wouldn't you wear it? Why wouldn't you wear it? And I'm also wearing the Hopknot uh, hat, just ironically enough. Uh, but remember, if you're going to engage in Four Peaks, you got to be 21 and over. 21 and up. Enjoy responsibly. Enjoy responsibly. Yep. Yes, absolutely. And Four Peaks are also down here in uh, Tucson at the Tap and Bottle Watch Parties, too. All kinds of good stuff going on in Four Peaks. And more furniture, morfurniture.com. I got to say, 
that when I went up there to Phoenix, when I was up there in enemy territory, I was blown away by the interior of the PHNX studios and morfurniture.com had a lot to do with that right there, Saul. A lot of discounts, a lot of great sales. They, they always got a sale going on. It's like, it feels like it never ends. So uh, up to 40, 50, 60% off, depending on, on what time of the year you're going in there, but they have fantastic deals. Um, we furnished our entire office with more furniture. Mm-hmm. It's been a godsend. Uh, we were going to get Mike some uh, some more furniture, but he opted for the beautiful U of A sign behind him. So I can't hate him for that. Uh, I would, and you know what? I feel very good about it. But that is in no disrespect to more furniture because I saw what they've done up there again. Morfurniture.com. Check it out. Show link in the details. Uh, or excuse me, show yeah, show link in the details. Gotcha. All right. Now, let's talk a little bit of Arizona basketball. Then we're going to get to prime time, Mr. Deion Sanders, because I know you got some thoughts on this one right here. Mm-hmm. Arizona Hoops, um, obviously, they roll through Maui, get a top five ranking. Then the last couple games, they've been, uh, they've let's just be honest, it's been, they didn't look good at all against Utah, and they didn't really look particularly good against California. What do you attribute that to? Do you have concerns at this point? Where's Saul Bookman at? Um, I'm not so concerned. Um, listen, they, they played really, really well in Maui. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they, they were hitting their perimeter shots. That's what you got to do. If you're U of a, if you're going to push the tempo, listen, teams are going to start to try to eliminate those easy buckets. Uh, and U of a has struggled from time to time when they're not able to get those easy buckets. And typically when you, as we saw last year, um, the grind got a little, a, a little grimier, um, once teams started to figure out we have to eliminate the early out, you right. know, the early out pass and the early, uh, the, the lead passes for layups and dunks. Um, and you've seen the last two games, uh, of, of like Utah and Cal doing that. Uh, they've tried to eliminate that completely. So, um, I, I don't have too many concerns. They'll adjust, you know, again, I think th- just like last season, I really felt like if U of A was going to make a run, um, it really was on, on on the shoulders of one guy, and that's just going to continue to be Azulis Tabellis. Like right. he's he's going to have to be better than he has shown at the end of years, the last two seasons, and I think right. he has the ability to do that. Um, he just he's got to add, he's got to add to his game, and he's got to adjust as defenses adjust to him. And so, if he can do that, I think this team's going to be just fine. You're going to continue to see the growth and development of Balo. Um, you know, in, in increases who he is, and then you have the other the, the other pieces on the perimeter. Um, they've struggled from the perimeter as well. Um, right. You know, uh, you know, uh, Larson. Uh, you know, he's, he's got to improve a little bit, uh, but overall I, I I'm okay. Listen, you're going to have a bad week every now and then, as long as that bad week doesn't result in two losses or to a, a loss to the, to the school up North, then I'm okay. Yeah. Tommy Lloyd, I thought made a great point because when Sean Miller was here, I think everybody just started looking at stars. Oh, he's a five star. He's a four star. I thought Lloyd had a very interesting remark at preseason where he said, listen, he said, I don't necessarily get into the stars. If I bring in a player I clearly believe that he's good enough to be able to get us to that next level. And it's on me to be able to develop him. And that I think is really going to be the hallmark of Tommy Lloyd is internal development, not necessarily, oh, he's ranked 13th in the country. He's ranked 19th in the country. It's a different philosophy that Lloyd's bringing in there. A million percent. Like I don't, I don't like the star argument either, but let's be real. There, uh, you know, most of the time the four generally five works. They, they, you know, they're gonna they're gonna make it easier on you. I'll tell you that much. You know what I mean? Like that's just something you ha- you have to have. Um, I, again, the the what I saw against Houston last year, 
gave me a little pause for concern because I just didn't feel like as a team they were as physical or as big enough to deal with a with a tenacious group like Houston. Right. Um, and this year, um, I think you know the, these Wildcats, the the veteran Wildcats, came back and understood that. Um, they understood like they needed to get stronger. They needed to get a little bit bigger. You got a guy like Umar Balo that's trying to develop that interior domination. Um, right. I appreciate that. Zulus Tabellas can't fade away and disappear into the to the hedges like he did last year during the tournament. So I, I think the development will be an ongoing thing because I think Tommy is is not going to be focused so much on uh, the 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 conference championship or winning the conference. I think he's going to be more focused towards getting over the hump in the tournament and getting back to a final four. So I hope that as we see things develop through the season, you'll see some of these little nuanced things that they continue to add. And as long as they do that, you're going to have some growing pains. That's fine. But you got to see the growth and the potential and and the development. And if that happens, they're going to be just fine. I got a two part question for you, especially from when you were playing two parts. Do you think that toughness can be, is toughness something you're just generally born with as a basketball player? And second, when you were going against a guy that wasn't tough, did you know it almost immediately? Yes. Yes and yes. Right. You, you, you have to have some type of internal fortitude about you. Like you have to, you have to be aggressive. You don't have to be, you know, I'm going to bust my head through a window kind of dude, but um, you can tell who's out there who's willing to grind, who's willing to battle, who's willing to get physical out there, and who's not. And when you go up against somebody like that too, oh, a million percent. There was a guy um, you know, in college uh, that every time, and he was a good three, four inches taller than me, um, every time I would get the ball, I would post him up because I knew right. he was soft. You know what I mean? Right. And there's guys like that. You know what I mean? And there's other guys that were probably a little bit more physical than me, and when they faced me, they tried to do the same thing to me. No, and that never happened, happened, be honest. That, 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 Oh, that happened more more times than I'd like to admit. That's for sure. Uh, we got we got a Willie Daniel, Willie Daniel uh, was the strongest guy I've ever played against, uh, and I did not like that. So right. Well, is that why you wanted to play against Dion Broom and not with him? Uh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> All right, have, Saul, have I told you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app? Code word PHNX. I think you've mentioned it a time or two before. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I got to refresh you a little bit. Here's the deal. You put down $5 on an NBA game, money line, and guess what? If that team wins, you get $150 in free plays. I'll tell you, you might want to go watch the PHNX Suns crew because the Suns are rolling right now. The Suns generally win. If you know nothing about the NBA, you might say to yourself, wow, they've got a really good record, 16-7. and Odds are that I'm going to win. That's where I would go right there. But you also got to remember, 21 and up. Arizona only. Got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Again, code word PHNX, 21 and up. Check show notes and link for all the details. That's where I would go, though. I would go money line with the Suns. And one other thing, tap and bottle. Tap and bottle watch parties. We're starting this one's up again next week. Great showings for football. Saul Bookman has come there with, uh, you know what? Uh, what? What game was that, Saul? That was the Washington game at Washington. All right. Well, it was a fun game. And so that means if Saul comes, it's going to be a fun game. Again, Scott and Rebecca do a great job downtown. Four Peaks is up there as well. Uh, So come watch 
Look at the big screen. It's a really a fun environment. Make fun of ASU. We're also going to root for and back the A up there. The movement is strong, and Tap and Bottle is one of the central locations. Real quick, right. Mike, before we leave, uh, I'm going to give you another little add-on to that uh, to that that bet that Mike wanted to make on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, do Over PHX. Yeah, Cobra PHNX. Do yourself a favor. Make that a parlay, and you can opt in and get up to 100 bucks uh, in a free parlay bet. And take Devin Booker and Luka Doncic both to go over 30 points tonight. If you do so, I believe uh, I think those odds are something like a 725. If if the Suns win and both go over 30, do that. Easy money tonight. Easiest money you're going to get all year. Saul, how many post game shows are you on? How many shows are you on per week? Have you uh, have you ever looked? Uh, I mean, typically I'm only on the five sun shows every now and then I'll, I'll, I'll Aren't pop you on Cardinals though too from time to time. No, 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 no. I, I mean, in a rare circumstance I am, but I usually, I usually don't. All right. Let's talk coach prime because you messaged me and this is how cool Saul is. I got to tell you a story. Saul's the boss. Saul's the GM and Saul messages me and said, Hey, you mind if I hop on with you sometime this week? Duh. Anytime. So you wanted to talk some coach prime Deion Sanders at Colorado right now. I'm sure our guys up at DNVR buffs are more than okay with that. What were your thoughts? What's everything that you got going on with that one? Saul? Well, you know, I think, you know, I wanted to talk about it just in terms of the impact. You know, the impact overall, um, not only for Colorado, but also for the Pac-12. Listen, I think I think this is a huge, huge deal. And I think it's bigger than a lot of people um, want to admit. Because a guy like Prime comes to Colorado, he enhances that brand immediately. Mm-hmm. Okay? You're going to get four or five-star guys that want to follow him because they believe in what he's all about, right? They want right. that same swag. They want that same uh, accomplishment um, you know, DNA. Uh, and so whether he wins or not, irrelevant right now. And that's not what I want to talk about. And that's not what I really want to point to. But I will say this. I think that Colorado and Utah, along with ASU and U of A, are bonded together as the, as a foursome. I don't believe that one of these schools will leave without the other three. I right. just, I truly believe that. So if we're talking about a potential move to the Big 12, or if we're talking about enhancing and expanding the Pac-12, I think this is the core four you got to rely on because you can't rely on Oregon. You can't rely on Washington. I just, those two are like kind of independent schools uh, because Washington is not bound to Washington State. They just aren't. Like Washington State is almost insignificant when it comes to the UW brand. Same thing with Oregon and Oregon State. But ASU and U of A, they're bonded. There, there's no way you can break those two up, not in this region, not at this time. That's just blasphemy. Right. Um, and then Colorado and Utah, I feel like you, you would secure the whole Southwest region if you were able to get those four. So I think prime coming along with Dillingham going to ASU, what Fish is doing here at U of A, um, I think that just enhances the conference branding. And I think that this is a big, big move in the conference to bring more relevance back after you just lost USC and UCLA. Right. And that's that's the thing that they needed to make up for. And I think Prime uh, brought that in bunches. I want to give Prime a little bit of credit, too, and then we're going to get to Colorado. What he did, though, I think for HBCU schools has been immense. Because this is the first time you look at it and you're like, and I'll be honest with you, I generally don't look at it. But now every week I would say, what's Jackson State doing? Now, granted, they won every single game. I hope that an NFL player follows him there. Because Prime, to me, laid the template right there onto how to do this and what do you got there, Saul? 
Yeah, you know, I think I think there's you know, obviously he's received a lot of flack because he had said that, you know, he wanted to build HBCUs up um and said why why not HBCUs? Why are we not, you know, building these these programs up um to where they can compete on a national level? Um but listen, there's a couple things that you need to realize. Uh before Prime got to Jackson State, nobody cared about Jackson State. Correct. Not nationally, nobody cared. Now they right. care. Now they right. pay attention. Now they now they recognize um, his staff. You know, his staff was averaging about seventy five grand a year in salary. He himself made about three hundred thousand dollars a year. He signed a one point two million dollar deal for four years, but he gave half of that back to the school to build up their facilities. Right. Right. Like that's a big deal. Um, the 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 leverage that Jackson State now has, the the gravitas that Jackson State now has, is because of Prime. So mm-hmm. when people talk about building up HBCUs, uh, I would like to challenge them to 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 show me or, or or tell me about a person that in three years was able to do as much as Prime did for an HBCU football program than anybody else in the country. For sure. I, it, and, or even in the history of, of HBCUs. It just hasn't happened. Right. And he put he put them on the map again. Like because I think when you ask people about HBCUs, the generally the first, the only name that people generally know is Eddie Robinson and Grambling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you know that. And again, I hope that they're able to pull a guy from the NFL or whatever a name, because Jackson State now is a much it's a more desirable position, obviously, than when Prime first took over. Now Let's talk about Colorado because I'm old enough to remember when Colorado was one of the top 10 programs in the nation in college football. From about 85 to 94, they took a backseat to very, very few schools. Deion Sanders, make no mistake, granted he's going to be bringing his son. Travis Hunter will probably be coming along and a couple players. He is going to get players, and he's going to get players immediately there, Saul. Yeah, you know, no doubt. He's already flipped one one five star wide receiver recruit. Uh, right. I, forgot, I forgot the name. Um, but yeah, he's he's definitely gonna put butts in seats. He's going to rally that community. Listen, it has been dormant. And I'm right there with you, Mike. You know, I, I recall the very first college football game that I fell in love with um was not a U of A football game. It was Colorado uh facing the Notre Dame Fighting Irish in the Orange Bowl against Ragib Ishmael um, and company. And mm-hmm. and uh, you had Eric Bieniemy as their starting tailback. Right. Um, it was a phenomenal game. The Rocket returns one for a touchdown for sure. to win it, sure. but they called uh, an illegal block in the back, and Notre Dame ends up losing, and Colorado wins the first national title. They split it with Georgia Tech that year, by the way. Right. A lot of people don't remember that. But um, that was the glory day of Colorado football. Mm-hmm. And then ever since then, it's just kind of tailed off. They had a they had a nice run with Cordell Stewart and all them, and then it just fell off. And right. they've been basically irrelevant since. Right. This is a this is a big moment for them to kind of um, jump back into the national scene. I know they're all hyped up. Listen, our DMVR Buffs account just jumped up one thousand followers in two days. Like for sure, people are excited about this move. Um, so I, I'm excited for the pack. I'm excited for us uh, because. Each one of those games is going to be a high visibility game, which enhances your brand even more, right? And right. so, I, I think this is a great thing overall. I, I, I'm excited to see what what he's going to do with that program. He's already kind of he's already kind of laid uh, the land a little bit, saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, if you ain't about this, then we're going to find out, and you better get yourself in the portal now." Um, cause, cause he, he says he's bringing some luggage, AKA some dogs. Um, I'm, I'm anxious to see what's going to happen there. 
what I like about Dion too is that there's flash, but there's accountability though. What he was mm-hmm. able to do at Jackson State again, they go undefeated, and again you watch his son out there. And I was just reading on some message boards because I'm a nerd and that's what I do. But think about it from Dion's perspective. You did what you did at Jackson State. I'm not sure that there's anything more that you can do right there at mm-hmm. what you at the level you put them at, and you're able to coach your son who is a star quarterback. And wouldn't you want, if you've got a couple years with your son, to be able to get him into a power five level so people can really see what what your son's about, to be honest with you? For sure. For sure. I'm kind of curious to see what that is because, I mean, he had great numbers at Jackson State this year. He threw for over 3,000 yards. He had 36 touchdowns, six interceptions, uh, increased his uh, completion percentage to like 70% this year. He had a decent year, like really, really good year. But we all know it's a little different playing against SWAC competition than it is playing against, uh, you know, Power 5 schools and the big boys. And listen, they don't have an easy schedule starting off next year at all. They start off with TCU, and then they also got um, a game against Nebraska, who's also reloading with Matt Rule down there. So it's it's going to be a lot early on in the prime era. Um, and can Shadur Sanders handle that? I don't right. know. I don't. I have my my questions just as much as anybody else. But on a lot of NFL draft prospect boards, um, they they do favor Shadur. Like they mm-hmm. do say that he is a legit prospect, a potential first round pick. Um, and so I, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Listen, this is not a CU Buffs podcast by any stretch of the imagination, but I want people to understand that when when teams do well in the pack, it brings more visibility to your conference, which is always good, which means more money, which means more opportunities to play against bigger Com, uh, opponents and competition. Right. Um, and and it's always for the it's for the greater good. So yeah. And let's be honest here. The pack is kind of a joke nationally. You watch ESPN, and basically, if USC isn't great in football, and that's going to be that's going to obviously change here in a couple of years, that it just doesn't get the the love nationally uh, or the attention. Quite frankly, Colorado is going to be attention when you turn on College Game Day each more each Saturday morning. I guarantee you that they will be had. They will mention Colorado in one way, shape, or form every single Saturday, and that's just not something that we've really seen before, Saul. So, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while since we've seen that. All right. Now, let's say that you're like, man, I'd really like to go to this Colorado game, but it's sold out or, you know, I want to save some money. That's where game time comes into play right here. Game time. And we've had people on the post game show many times have said, you know, I, I wanted to go to the game, didn't know where. And I got on game time and they can get you these tickets 60% off much of the time. It's great for procrastinators or great for people that just, uh, you know, thought about it last second. Check out the show notes and the link in the description because if you buy your tickets through that, it helps out PHNX. Okay? Uh, game time has been a uh, been a boon for a lot of people, Saul. Very good that we're connected with them. Absolutely. You can get yourself some U of A basketball tickets, uh, mm-hmm. women's basketball tickets uh, on the cheap. Like, right. do it. It's fantastic. I, I got myself eight tickets uh, for the game against Washington State down in Tucson. And I spent $96 to sit eighth row in the corner of the end zone. I mean, you can't beat that. All right. Before we leave, we got to talk a little bit of Arizona women's basketball now with Dia Barnes. So, first of all, you watch this team. And I thought before the year, Saul, that this was going to be her her most talented team. I'm not sure that it was going to be the team that was going to go the farthest. But when you look at the roster up and down, you look at who you're starting right now. When you've got an Esmeri Martinez who came in and has been your best player, obviously, putting up around 14 and 8. You've obviously got the huge recruiting class, Maya Naji. you got Kate Reese back. 
And then you look in the backcourt with a, a, a Jay LaVille, ASU transfer, an old reliable Shayna Pellington there as well, Lauren Fields. There's a lot of pieces here, Saul, and I think that they're still a little bit underrated nationally, but I think sooner or later people are going to find out just how good this squad is. Yeah, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough right now because they're not playing anybody. Right. They're just not. And Got Baylor coming up, though, so that's going to be good. Yeah, that's going to be a fantastic opportunity. But again, like, and it's not because Adia doesn't want to play them. It's because the teams that used to say yes to playing Arizona because they thought it would be an easy win are like, uh, no, we don't want to go to Tucson. Right. Uh, that That's a pretty scary place to play. Um, and so it, it's been a little bit difficult. And so I, I'm excited that they, they they do have an opportunity coming up. I, I need to see a little bit more. I need to see them face some significant competition and adversity before I start thinking that they have a certain level to go to. It, it was much like U of A basketball or men's basketball. You know, like right. I, I wanted to wait until Maui to find out what these dudes were all about. They got to Maui. They showed out. Now I feel pretty good about the program. Same thing right. with the women's basketball team. I got Listen, you don't know much about a team until they get punched in the face and you find out how they respond. And so we're about to find that out soon. You know, I get people all the time that say, well, are you worried about Adia leaving? All I'm going to say is this when it comes to Adia Barnes. Obviously, it helps being an alum. But if you're Adia Barnes, you can get every player that you need right now. And she's shown that she's recruiting at a top 5, 10 level in the nation. If she succeeds and wins huge here at Arizona, which she already has, obviously, getting to a national title, she gets all the credit in the world, and rightfully so. It's a lot different if you go to a UConn or you go to a place to succeed somebody else, because at that point, you're just part of the program. Adia Barnes is the Arizona program to me, and that's a big difference there, Saul. It's a little bit like Lute Olson in that regard. A million percent like Lute Olson. Like, listen, Lute would never have left for another program. Right. Uh, other programs asked, but he wasn't going to leave because right. he was the U of A. He was the brand, right? It's the same thing with Adia. Listen, for all those people who think that Adia would jump ship and go to another school, unless they offer her like a crazy amount of money, um, which even then, I don't know how much that really means because, listen, uh, you're building something special here. This is you. This is you from from, from top to bottom. Like, if you go to a UConn, first of all, do you want to follow G Gino Oriema? Right. Fuck no. Like, right. nobody wants to do that. Like, right. you don't want to be the man to follow the man. You want to be the the, the woman to, to follow the woman who followed the woman, right? right? Like, so, but she is the woman. She's right. she's that, she's that, she is her, right? right. She, there is no other place for her to go. Like, this is it. This is this is your legacy. You built, you've already gotten to a national championship game. You've already gotten to a final four. If you get a ring here, you're a legend. Mm -hmm. I, again, yeah. and we talked about that. The legacy is there for you. If you go to Texas or you go to LSU or you go to Baylor or you go to Notre Dame or you go to UConn and all these traditional powers in, in women's college basketball, you're just another, you're just another name on a list. Right. And right, that's not sure. what U of A basketball is all about. Right. Yes, exactly. And look at it this way. Between Maya Najee, between Kaylin Gilbert, and between uh, Paris Clark, you had three top 20 players that you just signed this past class. You look at the next class right now. You've got a Brea Cunningham. You've got a Montoya Du. You've got Jade Williams. You've got players already that, and all three of those are going to be McDonald's All-Americans. So we're talking six top 20 players in the last two years, Saul. At that point, you're good to go. I mean, it's just up to you to be able to coach them up at that point, which she's shown that she can clearly do. Once you get the train rolling, 
it's hard to stop. And she's got the train rolling in the positive direction. Uh, now it's just about executing and getting big wins to go along with that that recruiting momentum uh, to solidify yourself as one of the top premier powers in women's basketball. And I believe that that's what she's doing. And I think we're about to see that come to fruition uh, once they when when they face a Baylor, when they face other teams, um, even within the pack uh, pack twelve. So uh, I'm excited. I'm always I, you know me like I, I love women's basketball. I love what Adia's done. I got to tell us all. I got to tell us all Bookman story right here for sure. But and it's generally about his free throw records but this is something different though we were up in when we were in uh um where was it where uh i was gonna say where uh, san diego i believe and everybody's watching the ncaa tournament and what's going on and saul's up in the room and he says wait a second he says women's basketball or he's like women's ncaa tournaments on let's put that on or whatever and it was just like it was just such a vintage moment where you know nobody's around it's like man he really does care so big tip of the cap right there Saul because it it's certainly in a, it's certainly a sport that deserves more coverage than it gets it's getting more coverage now but it's just a special it's just a special uh, way of life and it's cool having an Arizona program that is in the midst of all of that a million percent. Listen, I was when when I was uh, part of the Zona Zoo and the front row crew. Shout out to those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would line up before every game. When when Nia Butts was let go, um, everybody knew how much of a women's basketball fan I was because I talked about it all the time. Yeah. And when Greg Byrne came down uh, the front row crew or the Zona Zoo, he was about to go into the tunnel. Um, the front row crew all said, "Hey, you need to hire Saul to be the net head coach." <laughs> uh, thankfully, he did not because right. I could never have done what uh, would, you would have taken done. the job, though. Well, I would have taken the job. Yeah, okay, of I'm course, making really sure I would have been in way over my head. But yeah, I would have <laughs> taken the job for sure. But uh, I probably wouldn't have had much success. So uh, listen, Arizona women's basketball is in phenomenal hands with the DA. We've known that. Uh, I love her to death. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the day when they get to actually raise a banner that says national champion on it. And I feel like that's going to come soon. All right. Before we sign off right here, Saul, lots of good stuff going on at PHNX. I'm going to let you're the big dog. You're the lead dog. Tell everybody else what's going on up there. Well, I mean, we got a lot of different things going on. First of all, like our events are phenomenal. Uh, like I said about four peaks, but we actually have some golf events that are coming up. Uh, we'll be starting those in the new year, starting January 13th. You're just hearing this first right here on the AZ right. Wildcats podcast. Woo-hoo. We have a son's watch party up here in Phoenix. So if you're a U of a fan and you want to come check out our son's watch party at Dobson ranch, uh, we'll be uh, swinging some clubs out there and watching Suns basketball and eating a bunch of great food. It's going to be a phenomenal time. Uh, we're also working on some takeover events, <clears throat> women's basketball or men's basketball, mm-hmm. maybe one of those. So we'll keep you posted. But, you know, listen, our whole crew up here and obviously down there in Tucson with Mike, uh, they do such a great job of of really supporting and and trying to rally the community uh, into loving their teams and being a part of a, of a group of diehards that do. And so make sure you get yourself a diehard membership, join us. It's only 80 bucks a year and you get a free t-shirt at sign up and you get a really swanky gift box. It's uh and then discounts galore all the way. Uh, every single one of our vendors gives you a discount on something. You get 20% off of our merch. The list goes on and on. All right, Saul, I can't I can't thank you enough for coming on. You're more than welcome whenever you'd like to come on. I know you got a million things, but you're always it's always a privilege to be able to have you on the show, my guy. Uh, hey, anytime I get to talk about Wildcats uh, stuff, right. it's a blessing because I got to be around these uh, Sun Devil noobs, and it's just uh, sometimes the days 
Right. They wear me thin. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> Can I get a code word PHNX before we sign off? Oh, yeah. Code word PHNX and A. Back that A. Back the A. For Saul Bookman, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.